Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 39. Today, we have a, uh, a special guest, Keith Storm, and uh, he is a husband of Angie and father to Cameron, Blake, and Grant. Uh, family is his number one priority. His life purpose is to connect, coach, and challenge in- individuals to reach their maximum potential. Keith is a certified marriage coach, John Maxwell team certified trainer, coach, and speaker. He has expertise in growing and developing people and organizations. And, I, and Keith, I know that that's a really short intro and you got a lot more going on. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of fill in those gaps and kind of give the audience a, a little bit better understanding of who you are. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. And really the essence of the introduction, if we just stop after husband to Angie, number one, and then father to Cameron, Blake, and Grant, that's really a complete introduction uh, that that is the most significant part of my life is uh, being a husband and father, and uh, so that's you did a fantastic job. You said way more than even hey man, I try, I try. I, <laughs> you know, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on because uh, when, whenever we were talking, uh, actually we just recently uh, had uh, Bob Hurley on the podcast. Um, that was a couple episodes ago, and he started talking a lot about family and the importance of family and. I just said, Bob, you're hitting the nail on the head. These are some of the things that we really want to talk about because my audience is is that younger, just out of college, just getting started in their career, more than likely just getting started in their family, uh, and, and they're becoming successful as business leaders in their family and in their business and, and in kind of all aspects of life. But what I found is that there's there's a lot of disconnects in terms of like, I know I need to get married or I know I need to get a job, and then you start kind of... Uh, getting success or, or, or progressing in those roles. And I think you kind of lose sight of what you're supposed to do. And so one of the things that I really want to kind of hammer home with this podcast and for my audience is the importance of those uh, quality relationships and, and making sure that, you know, your, your, your marriage and success in your marriage is just as important as success uh, in your business. And so you know, I think I think it was last year you actually spoke at the uh, the Tulsa Christian Businessman, and you talked about true success starting at home. So, if you don't mind, kind of share uh, kind of your thoughts on what true success really really looks at, or where it really begins. Well, that's that's the drum I beat all day, every day, every chance I get, and that is success. Truly, it is all about the home. I I don't believe that you can be a success or call yourself a success unless you have success in the home. Um, I've, and I've, I've learned this through a very difficult journey of my own, uh, early, early on in my career, very much the audience that you are targeting your message toward. 
Um, I was at, I graduated college. Uh, I was in I was in graduate school, actually seminary down in, at Southwestern Fort Worth, and I I was working extremely hard uh, business wise uh, to do well. I had another business on the side. I was uh, you know helping at the church, and I was so busy trying to be what uh, we'll call it you know the average definition of success may look like that I completely neglected my wife mm-hmm. and due to me not paying attention to the home and trying so hard to measure my success more based on status and dollars and material things I lost my first marriage so I know what it costs to not pay attention to what's most significant and to fail in the home. And that's the most miserable and the most painful, you know, failure that there is, is when you fail at the core and, and that's of, of our marriage relationship. So to me, there is no such thing as success without success in the home. And that was a day that I had a, I had a complete turn in my life when I came home to an empty house and I had to completely evaluate everything about who I was and what I was doing and what was important. And, and my focus completely shifted to, uh, to relationships. And, and, uh, specifically I knew that if I ever did get married again, that I was never going to make that same mistake and that my wife and, uh, and my children would be the number one and that I would not have a failure in that realm. So regardless of what things turned out like uh, materially, you know, financially, status in the community, that when I walked in that door at home, that it was going to be success. And I think one of the things that we get caught up is, is that success in the community and the success monetarily Sometimes that's more focused on the outward side of everything that we're doing. We get so focused on what other people think of us that we forget that it really doesn't matter what they think about us. It's it, What matters is are we happy? Are we happy in our lives? Are we happy in our marriage? And I think too often we start investing so many in the things that don't build us up that we lose the thing that really matters. Yes, that completely happens <laughs> On a, on a daily basis, it just completely crushes me how, how many marriages right here in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, on a daily basis are just in shambles. And I think a lot of times whenever you kind of see that, uh, you know, from an outside perspective, uh, you can kind of see the warning signs of that. But it's almost like, do they give up? Do they, do they want it to be better? Do they want to to change or are they just kind of at the point where it's like well it's it's too far gone what would you say to somebody who's kind of in that in that marriage where it is in shambles and they do feel like it's there but they're kind of starting to wake up a little bit or just realizing it and they're wanting to try to salvage that is is it truly possible to salvage yes absolutely there's there's hope and every marriage can be salvaged with both parties having the desire to want to make the marriage successful. Um, what's so dangerous is that we are so good at dressing up everything on the outside when everything is in shambles on the inside. <laughs> so oftentimes the couple that you're looking at 
and everyone's thinking they have it all together. Once they get behind closed doors, as they say, it's a wreck. Yeah. But, but we, we are so good as a society of painting everything up so good on the outside when everything is cancerous on the inside. I definitely uh, can relate to those things because, I mean, as you, I feel like as you kind of get closer to people, sometimes you can kind of start to see through it a little bit. And, it, you know, you're, you're in a position where I know that they're really struggling, but they kind of put this facade out. And it, it's almost like ignoring the fact that it actually happens. So kind of what are, what are some of those things that, that they can do? I mean, obviously it makes sense. Like all you got to do is just change that other person and then the marriage will be fine. Right. That's, that's pretty much the, <laughs> the key to it. You know, my, my favorite thing uh, to give everybody's a mirror. If, <laughs> if you want, if you want to, uh, to fix your marriage, you need to start in the mirror. Yeah. Well, if we want to fix most things in life, we have to start with the mirror, but but that's the most difficult thing for any of us to do is to really be introspective and take a true inventory of what's going on inside of me. What's my accountability in this matter? Because it is so much easier uh, to pick out everything else that's wrong with everybody else. And specifically the things that are wrong with your spouse. Yeah. Well, so what do you, what do you say to the person that's, that's kind of saying, okay, I'm on board, I'm going to change myself, but I just don't see, like, I just don't see, my spouse, like even responding, it doesn't matter what I do. I think that she's always going to respond this way. Like when you feel like it's just hopeless and I know you're saying that there's hope and you're like, okay, I'm willing to make the changes on my end, but I just don't see it happening on the other end. What do you say to that person? Well, there's always, there's always hope if both parties are focused on and willing to put in the work to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's, but it is a dance. It takes two to dance. Um, you, you can't just dance, you know, with yourself in a marriage relationship. It truly takes, you know, both, uh, partners within the marriage committed to making it work. I found oftentimes when people, as you just said, well, well, Hey Keith, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, the, but they, but they, but, you know, it's always the butt and the finger. <laughs> yeah. So, but oftentimes, the majority of the time, the person that thinks that they're doing everything that they should be doing or could be doing, there's blind spots. We all have blind spots. Those things that, that we just don't see about ourselves that others see clearly and know about us, but we don't see ourselves. And we all need help identifying those blind spots. I think that's kind of where, it, whether it be you know having a marriage coach or uh, kind of getting involved in different areas where you can kind of work on that relationship to kind of see some of those blind spots. But I want to ask you a, a kind of a direct question about you. I mean, you've you've not just gone from you know having a, a marriage and then and losing it and then now getting into an, a new one and and just really putting that as a priority for yourself. But you've taken the next step to becoming a marriage coach, and which. I almost feel like puts even more pressure on the relationship because now everything you do is either educational material or, or just like, Hey, we shouldn't have this problem because I'm a marriage coach. So what kind of pressure does that put on your personal marriage? And also why did you decide to kind of go that next step? Well, anytime you jump out there and try to help other people, no matter what it may be, you're always at risk, I guess, of, of being uh, an example or a bad example of, <laughs> of, of, what, of what you're trying 
to help other other people with but that's just that's just the nature of life I, i've decided in life that i'd rather jump out there and give it my all even if it means at some point a failure or disappointment with someone else uh, i'm still going to do all i can to help all those that i can with the time that i have and you read my mission's very clear it's to connect coach and challenge individuals you know to reach their maximum potential well, if that's in in marriage or business whatever it may be but but that's what i'm going to do i i can't base what i do today off of fear of something that may happen tomorrow mm-hmm. uh, i know it's like i i tell angie i know that today my goal is to be married to her uh, for a hundred years i don't know that we'll live that long but that's our goal but I do know this, that if I make a choice and I do all the right things to be faithful to her today and to do all the things I need to do to be a great husband and father today, then I will have succeeded today. And then tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. If I add up all of my todays, then eventually when I get to the end, I'll have been successful and I will have kept the course. But it's a, it's a, it's a daily decision to do the things today to stay on course, to do the things today to meet the needs of my wife, to do the things today to meet the needs of my children. So, yeah, Angie and I both, we're, uh, it's just a passion we have to come alongside other people in life. And we f- just found ourselves always in a position where other couples were talking to us, other, other couples coming to us. So we just wanted to get all the tools that we could and we continue to gather those tools in order to try to help them along the journey and by the way we know that when we go to study or prepare or we uh, become equipped as a marriage coach all the tools we put in our toolbox we get to use them ourselves so it's it's kind of a selfish thing because the more we equip ourselves to help other people really we're just equipping ourselves to help our own marriage and you know every coach needs a coach just like every doctor has a doctor mm-hmm. so angie and i have we have a marriage coach ourselves in fact in not this friday but the next we have our our check-in checkup with our marriage coach because we know that and we do have a great marriage but still we're human beings and and i'm still a guy and, and all guys at any point in time are capable of being an idiot <laughs> that's that's just that's just part of being a guy yeah. and, and that 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 happens to all of us, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so we, it's just, it's, we, we love it. It's, it's just to stay healthy. It's like a wellness, a wellness checkup with your doctor. We, you know, so we've decided every six months we're going to go in for a check-in checkup with our marriage coach. I, and I love how you talked about coaches. And, and one of the things I want to hit on first before we get into that is, is talking about goals. Uh, you talked about kind of, you know, what, what is the goal of your marriage was, you know, to, on a daily basis and ultimately kind of finishing your marriage. But let's, I want to kind of drill down a little bit to goals because, you know, when we're in these leadership roles, we're always setting goals for different things. And I think a lot of times people don't set goals for their marriage. So can you talk about a little bit about like what a healthy goal is for a marriage? Is it just to finish and not hate each other? Or is there actually, (laughs) is there actually like, like something that we can achieve together in a marriage that we can kind of look back or, and say, hey, we, we, we accomplished this or something that we're always striving to. It's definitely not to just drag each other across the finish line <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just with, you know, all bloodied and beaten, just lucky that, that you made it. 
Uh, I, th- I think that God designed the marriage relationship. Um, he equates the marriage relationship. You know, he uses that analogy to, to Christ and the church. So it's uh, it's meant to be just, there aren't even really words to describe how amazing that God intends this relationship to be. But there are things that we can do to to live that, I call it the Ephesians 3.20 is, is our life first. Now, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So I think, you know, God desires for us to, to live in that immeasurably more zone to, to the real wow factor of what God can do, because it really is what he can do in order to experience those things. We have to live in the center of his will and in the center of his model and the way he created marriage. Mm-hmm. So in order to get to that, zone of all the joy, all the bliss, all the wonderful things that we can experience in marriage, it's simply doing it according to his model and the way he created that. You mentioned the word goals. So it's a goal for me on a daily basis. It's a goal for me to spend time with Angie, praying with her, praying for her, and actually saying a blessing over her every day. It's a goal of mine every day to spend time with her where I sit and I listen to her heart, not just listen to her words, but listen to her heart. What, what is she saying behind what's being said? It's not always easy for pick on the guys. It's not always easy for us guys, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. When the minute she tells me anything, I, I go right into fix it mode. I mean, I, I know how to fix this. Yeah. I know exactly what needs to be done. Well, she just wants to be heard, <laughs> and she just doesn't want to be heard verbally with her voice to my ear. She wants to be heard from my heart, hearing her heart and what her heart is saying. Would you say that she wants you to empathize with her? Absolutely, yes. It's funny that you kind of say that, and that's why I'm chuckling a little bit. It's because for the last couple of podcasts, we've talked a little bit uh, about empathy and the importance of empathy and and how, for me, just as an individual, it's a very foreign concept for me. Like I have to work specifically on empathy because one of the conversations I had with my wife was, I don't get it. You just want me to say that's, that I, that's horrible. I can't believe that happened to you. I just don't see what that's going to accomplish. And it was just because I didn't, as, as a person, I didn't really understand empathy. And I felt like the only thing she wanted me to do was just kind of like, just agree with her that her day was horrible or that I can't believe that person did that. And in my mindset, it was, well, I don't see what the point of that is. And so that's, that's how foreign empathy was to me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to learn the importance of it uh, because there is more to it. It's kind of coming down to, to where she's seeing it from and say, you know what, you're right. And, and I've gone through that before and here's what I've been able to do. I didn't see it that way. I just saw it as, well, if you just want me to say that it's yeah that stinks, then I'll say that it stinks, and then let's go, let's let's move on. Let, let problem solved. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, we definitely have to listen with our heart, and that is very foreign to 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 many of us. Uh, some men are just naturally very gifted in that area, but uh, the large majority of us, we really have to um, intentionally learn to do that. 
and then we have to implement what we've learned. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that you kind of talked about in in the marriage part was was having a coach, and not only because like you being a coach, but you as a coach having a coach. I think sometimes. And, I, and again, I'll, I'll kind of speak from my own experience because I'm, I'm the only one here. But I think a lot of times whenever you kind of think of like a marriage counselor, or a marriage coach, you almost feel like you're failing uh, in your marriage and that's why you have to go. And it sounds like you're presenting it from a different perspective of it's not that you're failing. It's like we're just going to go get a checkup like we would everything else to make sure everything's okay. And I think a lot of times guys are very prideful or very egotistical to say there's nothing wrong or there's no, this is not something I can't fix. And so they kind of refuse. It's like going to the doctor. Like a lot of times it's like, if I feel healthy, I don't need to go to the doctor. It sounds like you're saying, no, we need to get those regular check-ins because potentially we're going to catch something before it, it grows into something that's going to be a, a much bigger monster to tackle. Yeah, very well said. That's that's exactly it. The majority of folks that not just Angie and I talk with, but I have other friends that are marriage coaches and marriage counselors most couples don't come until they're flatlining. Yeah. And at that point, as I said earlier, any marriage can be reconciled uh, if both parties are, are willing uh, to put in the work uh, to make that happen. But when you're flatlining, there is a lot of damage that is already done. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just encourage everyone, yes, and that's one thing I like. I realize it's semantics, but coach over counselor. And there are, there are differences in evil, legal difference between coach and counselor. But I think guys as well, when you, when you go to a coach, it's just a lot different than going to a counselor. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're used to being coach, right? I mean, yeah. we, we're coaching baseball, football, basketball, track, golf, whatever it may be. We, we had coaches growing up and and we know what coaches do. So, yeah, I'm going to, to hang out with a coach is, for some reason, a little different than I'm going to a marriage counselor. Mm-hmm. And it's not – and even if it is a marriage counselor, let me say clearly, it's not about defeat. It's not about, well, well, something's wrong. Well, you know, something is wrong. Something's wrong with all of us because we live in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. So, so there are issues. There are problems. There are challenges. So you know what? Welcome to the world of everybody else. We're all the same. The difference is those are willing to say, you know what? I'm not perfect. And my spouse isn't perfect. Our marriage isn't perfect. You know, I think we're going to go get some tools to become better. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go, we're going to go get, do some preventative work up front to keep things from happening. I mean, I change, I change my diet. I eat different. Th- I choose to eat some things and choose not to eat others because I want to be a grandparent someday and I want to be extremely active with my grandkids. I want to, I want to leave a, a big, long, hopefully amazing legacy. Mm-hmm. And that starts, not starts with, but a big part of that is what I do with my body physically. I do not like getting on the elliptical machine and, and working out. But I do that because I know the end result of what I want long term. Well, we just need to do the same thing with our marriages. We need to do those little things that will enable us to have long term what we really want to have in that marriage relationship. And sometimes those things, they're not fun. They're not always comfortable, but they're necessary if the end result of what we want is an amazing marriage and family relationship. 
how do you get these tools? So like, uh, I mean, in terms of marriage counselors, like what are some good resources for people to, to either consult or, or how do they go about finding a good marriage coach? You know, there are lots of great resources out there with, you know, just like you're doing your podcast, lots of great podcasts out there on marriage, uh, people like family and life. They do marriage conferences, weekend conferences. They host those. Um, there are, some great marriage coaches right here in Tulsa mm-hmm. uh, that uh, do an outstanding job. Um, I'll put a plug for my marriage coach, Dr. Kent Choate mm-hmm. is fantastic. So uh, <laughs> any of you folks that would love to plug in with him, uh, he is an amazing guy, does uh, just a phenomenal job. And uh, so, yeah, lots of great resources out there. There are, of course, places like Mardell, they have, all kinds of uh, resources, uh, books, and dealing with marriage, dating, dating your spouse. You know, oftentimes there are things that we need to deal with, you know, from our past and forgiveness issues. But there, there are lots of resources out there. It's just a matter of just hopping on Google and typing in, you know, marriage coaching, marriage resources, and coming up. I'm more than happy to help direct people as well. Uh, to any any resources that, that they may uh, need for their marriages. And, and what we'll do, too, is uh, after the podcast, I'll have uh, Keith send me some links, so some different things that he suggests, and we'll put that, put that in the notes so you guys can go ahead and click on that uh, as you're listening to the podcast and, and kind of see some, some recommended resources there, too. One thing I do want to talk about a little bit is often I, I say the quote, you're the average of the five people that you hang, hang around. It's the, the Jim Rome quote. And I think that we can apply that same thing to marriage as well. Um, that you're the gonna your your marriage is gonna emulate kind of some of the marriages of the friends that you hang around. So in your line of work with being a marriage coach, can you talk about the importance of having friends with good marriages and and and, and associating with those kinds of people? I believe it completely. Rome's quote that you're the average of five people you hang out with, and and I'd say the same thing with marriage. So take a look at the five couples that you hang out with take a look at, at their marriages and, and are those the marriages type of marriages that you want yours to be. Mm-hmm. Now we all also, uh, the salt has to get out of the shaker in order for salt to be effective. So it's kind of like us as Christians, if we only stay within our holy circles, then how does, how does salt become salt if it stays in the shaker? <laughs> so, so I mean, it is salt, but the salt's not, you know, effective for the purposes that it's useful for. So, so we do have to associate and and have relationships definitely with with other people that don't have you know the type of marriages that we want so we can have an opportunity to impact them that's you know mm-hmm. we're called to do that through Christ that that's what we're we're the salt and light so let's go be salt and let's go be light but we all definitely need to find those couples that we can spend time with that breathe life into one another and that is so critical. We, Angie and I, have a, a core group. Uh, we have three other couples that we, you know, do this with on a regular basis. We do uh, two or three outings with them, just to spend intentional time together, so we can breathe life into one another and focus on our marriages. Mm-hmm. So it is definitely critical that you find other couples that share that same. Uh, desire that you have to have, you know, an amazing godly marriage. And it's fun to go on that journey together 
to um, discover together what that what that looks like and, and what it consists of. And then you have the opportunity to share life together, do life together, and lock arms with another because there are times when we all need encouragement. There are times when we all fall down and skin our knee and we need you know, someone to help lift us up and uh, put a little Neosporin on the wound and, and, and press on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that especially as you start get so you you start with the whole getting married and 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 you go on that journey and then eventually uh kids come into the play as well. And and I think that's just as an important part of the marriage relationship as your relationship with your wife, but it's also the relationship with your kids and then ultimately you have, you know, the friends with kids too. And I, I think one of those things that, that we look at is we have an idea of what we're supposed to do with, with marriage and we have an idea of what we're supposed to do with kids because we were raised by our parents. And I think sometimes what happens is we kind of revert back to, I'm going to raise my kids the way that I was raised, or I'm going, I'm, I'm not going to raise my kids the way that I was raised. I'm going to do everything, but the way that I was raised. And, and so it, it kind of ends there. I don't feel like unless you're really intentional with seeking out like how to raise kids, even kind of a, a goal or a plan or anything else with that. I mean, you just you, you want to kind of launch them into the world. But, you know, you kind of look at the current generation that's, you know, in their 30s and still living with their parents sometimes and it hasn't really launched themselves. I, I think that when we when we look at marriage and we look at success at home, that also applies to raising our children as well. So how, where, where should we kind of be looking for good examples of how we should raise our kids or what are some of the things that we should be uh, intentional with doing in terms of creating those environments for our children to make them successful? What are some of the things that you would suggest? I want to say, first of all, when it comes to, to children, I know you, your, your target demographic for this podcast, children are not the answer or the fix to a messed up marriage. Oh, thank you for saying that. That was going to be one of my questions. <laughs> I've it just it only it's only going to compound the issues that are already there, and it's going to going to make them worse. So please, Absolutely. if you're having a challenge in your marriage, getting pregnant and having a child does not fix your marriage at all. Uh, please get healthy on your own two feet, and then you and your spouse get health, two healthies, make a healthy, uh, in marriage. And then, um, it's never perfect. Please don't get me wrong. I realize none of us ever have absolute perfect. And if we wait till everything is perfect, we'd, we'd never have kids. Yeah. Um, but the kids are not the solution to fixing the problem. I think that's, that, that's the big difference. Exactly. Yeah. So I just want to say that. And then, yeah, when it comes to raising kids, again, it goes back to God gave us a template. God gave us the model. He gave us the instructions, you know, in his word on on the things that we need to be doing to raise our kids uh, to be to be godly children. And it uh, to me, it starts with with the priority. It starts with them knowing uh, God is number one. Mm-hmm. Spouse is number two. Children number three. Children were not meant to lead the home, to direct the home. The tail was not made to wag the dog. <laughs> and when when parents allow or put their children in positions to where they are making 
the decisions for the home, then as my mama said, that's bass hackards yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't work. Yeah. So, uh, number one, yeah, the children knowing, knowing their place in their home. And then it amazes me how many fathers specifically will, will get onto their children for the way that they treat their mothers or talk to their mothers and all the children are doing, they're completely mirroring mm-hmm. the way the father treats the mother and the way the father speaks to the mother. Our children may fail to follow our mouths, but they'll never fail to follow our feet. Mm-hmm. Nothing irritates me more, makes me more frustrated than when I see my children living out those things that I do not like about myself or frustrate me about myself. Mm-hmm. Because they become who we are and they act like we act and they say what we say. Um, so it goes back to mirror time. Yeah. Make sure, make sure the man in the mirror is, has the relationship he needs to have with Christ, speaks as he should be speaking, treats as he should be treating, and then your children have a whole lot better chance of being successful in that. Now, again, we live in a fallen, depraved world. Our, our children uh, are human beings just like we are. So uh, perfect families don't always mean that they're perfect kids. Things happen. Decisions are made. But we got to play the odds, right? And the odds are to do it <laughs> according according to God's plan and His way. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad that you brought up kind of the importance of being a father, but also the fact that kids are always looking at what you're doing and they're emulating what you're doing. And specifically, this group is Young Businessmen of Tulsa. And one of the reasons that we wanted to kind of hone in specifically on that demographic is that men are kind of called to be leaders, leaders in the family, leaders in the home, and leaders in the community. And a lot of times what happens is if we don't take that role seriously or if there's an absence of that leader, then what we'll, what you'll see will happen is uh, the kids are going to start acting out. They're not going they're, – they're looking for that love of that father. They're looking for that relationship. They're looking for that attention of that father. And that's a very, very important role. And when you really – kind of narrow it down in, in terms of how, how God relates to us, it's a father-child relationship, right? And so when you're having that kind of relationship with your kids, you are actually sculpting and creating almost that kid's or that person's viewpoint of what God is to them as well. And when you kind of look at it from that perspective, it puts a lot of weight on the importance of being a father that's intentional, spending that time like you talked about, investing in your kids and praying over their kids, caring for your kids. Some of these things that seem like, oh, yeah, we should definitely do that. But I think it's so easy for us to get distracted and everything else if we're not intentional with those things that our kids are going to look and say, well, he's not there, he doesn't care, or you know, I need to, I, I want his attention, but if I don't get his attention, then I'm going to go somewhere else to get it. And so just as men in the community in a, and in our homes, that is a, a, one of the most important things in terms of relationships that you can have. Obviously, it goes God, spouse, child, but there is still a very strong 
uh, responsibility for, for young business leaders and, and, and young families, especially men, to have that relationship with their kids and to be intentional in that relationship with their kids. Yeah, believe it or not, newsflash here, your children want to spend time with you, <laughs> even even as teenagers. Yeah. At, at our home, even as teenagers, made... hold on, hold on, hold on. Even <laughs> as teenagers, because I keep I keep hearing at some point my kids are going to go, Dad, you're not cool anymore. Get away. So that actually, what? that actually, they're, they're just you're just saying that that's not real. No, don't buy into that. Don't buy in, <laughs> don't don't buy into the terrible twos. Don't buy into the, any of that stuff. Okay. It, it's uh, we we didn't buy into any of it. We and we've done this for for years. My kids are 26, 21, and sixteen now. Wow. So obviously we just have one left uh, in the home, but but still to this day, in the evenings we have just family time where we just hang out and talk, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's even initiated by my sixteen year old. Be, it's it's time to hang out. It's yeah. time it's time for family time, and so there's no electronics. We we put that away. We turn off TVs, and we just either hang out in the living room or hang out, uh, you know, somewhere around the house. And, and we just, sit and, and oftentimes we'll just sit and talk. Um, I mean, for a long time, it can go up to an hour. Mm. Um, and it's, it's not always that way. Some nights it, it's, it's a whole lot shorter, but, but that's just our, and we love having that time. Uh, even when, when the boys come back home, the other two, uh, and then all five of us are there. It's just a time that, that we really, uh, enjoy and it's it's a way of life for us. So yes, don't don't buy into uh, any of the, the the lies out there that say that you know your kids don't want to be with you. Your kid, I mean, it's again it goes back to mirror time. What am I doing within my home to create an environment to where you know my my wife and my kids want to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. So we, um, as you can imagine, through the years when they were younger, th- this time often, I speak about this, this time often looked like, a, as it started, a WWF wrestling match. It looked like a circus. I mean, I had three boys, so you know they're all kind of gases going all over the place, right? <laughs> and, I, have, uh, I have two boys, so I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, so I mean, but let don't be legalistic about it. Just let it, let it happen. Let it evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes the prayers are very deep and very moving and sometimes the prayers are very lighthearted mm-hmm. and, you know, so we have that family time together. Then we, we pray together, uh, maybe have a devotional thought or something together, share a scripture together, but yeah, we don't get legalistic about it, but it's the relationship that we're after. Angie and I are after the hearts. Yeah. We want a relationship with the hearts of our children. So we just try to, you know, position the things within our home to make that happen. Well, we're getting kind of close to the end here. So I want to kind of give you the final word and I kind of want to kind of wrap it all up with, uh, something that you said at the, uh, when you spoke at the, uh, Tulsa Christian businessman, you said, uh, they need you more than they need your money in terms of when it comes to time. So if you can kind of, kind of wrap it all together and close it up with, uh, kind of your thoughts on the importance of spending time with your family and, and with your spouse. Well, I appreciate you having me on today. It's it's been an honor to spend time with you, and this is my greatest passion: is family, marriage, family, and your your wife. Your wife wants you way more 
that she wants a new Mercedes. Your wife wants you way more than a new Rolex. Your wife wants you way more than a new 10,000 square foot home. Your wife wants you. Yeah. And when I say you, your wife wants your heart. She wants you to communicate with her at a heart level. She wants to know that you genuinely love and care for her at a heart level. Mm-hmm. And guys, that's not always easy for us to to do that, but it, it's something that you can learn to do. And if you have a genuine desire within our hearts to listen and to understand the hearts of our wives, we can do that. It may take some training. It may take some effort. It may take some time. But your wife will know in her heart of hearts that you genuinely want to know her, you truly want to hear her, and you truly want to understand her. With children, your children, as I said earlier, don't believe anything that says that your children don't want to spend time with you. Your children think you're old. They think you're you're crazy. <laughs> your kids want to be with you. It was the design. God designed the family as a family unit. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing to create the environment that your family wants to be together in and share in. And we have to set that tone ourselves. Make your make your home a place of fun. Mm-hmm. Every kid, every family, even adults love fun. So do things within your home to make it fun. We do we had a whipped cream fight one time. We took like we each got like ten paper plates and filled them full of whipped cream out in the front yard. We all divided up in entire little areas and and man we let it. We let it go, and you should have seen all the neighbors out there looking at us like we were just totally nuts. <laughs> this last Thanksgiving, we're all together. My wife said, "You know what? It has been forever since I've been toilet papering." We went and got about twenty or thirty rolls of toilet paper. Me, my wife, our kids, and our family, and some of our friends, and we went toilet papering. I don't know so- if I'd be admitting that on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was over seven years ago, statute of limitations. So you're good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. So just yeah, make make the home just just a place where where your your family where, where they they want to be. It's it's a place where they want to bring their friends. It, mm-hmm. It's a place where, you know, that they're they're really happy and proud and, and love being a part of it. Fantastic, Keith. Well, thank you for being on the podcast and taking time to share your heart, share your story, and your passion with our audience. I believe that a lot of things that we talked about today are things that are, they're not impossible. They're not things that are are really challenging for us to try to implement or try to do, but it does come down to being intentional, being intentional with your life, being intentional with your marriage and being intentional with the relationships that you have with your kids. So Keith, thank you for being on the podcast and young business leaders. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. 
where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose. 